0: This is the Bible Book Club. And we're in the book of Numbers. Welcome Welcome
1: to to the club. Club. This is season four of the Bible Book Club, and we're in the book
0: of Numbers. So excited to be in a new book. I loved Leviticus. I learned so much, but oh, Numbers is a lot more story and narrative.
1: Yeah. Back to the episodic journal of this family that we've come to know and love, the Israelites. So, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Bible Book Club and to the book of Numbers. And if you're continuing with us on this journey from the beginning of Genesis, then welcome back. It is our fourth podcast series, and, and we're, we're so, so proud of you. <laughs> happy that you have made it to this point. Yeah. For those of you who are new, I'm going to explain a few things, like why a Bible book club. We chose a Bible book club because the Bible is the number one selling book of all time. It's the only book that can change your life literally today. It must be read, though, and it needs to be discussed. The thing is, we know that few people have time to read, let alone try to understand this book in a really meaningful way. It has over a thousand pages. That's (laughs) a lot. lot. We're busy. But what if all you had to do was listen while you drive, while you work out, while you fold your laundry? Whatever it is that you're doing, you can just listen. We'll read it to you. So it's just one book of the Bible that you're curious about, or if you're curious about the entire book and you've never read the Old Testament and only the New Testament, this Bible Book Club is for you. So we're so excited to have you join us. If it's your goal to read the Bible from start to finish, that's our goal, too. And we're going to make that possible for you. Yes. Okay. So let's do a Moses recap. Um, Numbers
0: is the continuation of Moses's mission to get the Israelites to the promised land. That mission began in Exodus, which is a story of how God delivered the Israelites from Egypt. Also in Exodus, the Israelites began their time at Mount Sinai, where they received the Ten Commandments and all those instructions on how to build that beautiful tabernacle. But at the end of Exodus, they could not enter that tabernacle because they needed to be holy. Now, Leviticus is the story of how God provided a way for the people of Israel to live in his holy presence. And that's where his presence was in that tabernacle. That book was a lesson in laws, lots of laws, as Heather said, law school, that included laws for rituals and laws for purity, all with the purpose for the Israelites to be holy as God is holy. Now, Numbers is the next book in Moses's journey. The Israelites at this point are still camped out at Mount Sinai. It is not quite a year since the very first Passover. I know for most of you who went through Leviticus, you feel like it's longer than a year. It has not been. But it is time to prepare for the move to the promised land. Numbers is the story of how God faithfully led Israel through the wilderness despite their rebellion. Here is our intro to Numbers. Okay, let's talk about the name. The name Numbers is a Greek translation and a title given to the book because of the censuses taken in the book. However, the Hebrew title for the book is Bemidbar, which is the fifth word of the first verse of the book, it means in the wilderness, which is a much more fitting title as the Israelites are going to spend a lot more time wandering in the wilderness than they are going to be spending time taking a census. They're actually going to wander in this one book for 38 years. Now, the theme of Numbers is God's faithfulness despite Israel's rebellion, and is something that we need to remember always is an example To us that God will Be faithful despite our rebellion The key verse of numbers And I chose this Because there's lots of people who think Different verses are key because numbers covers A lot of ground it's a little bit of law And a lot of narrative I love the verse 14 11 It says this, the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? And I love this because it kind of characterizes the close relationship Moses and God have. You can vent frustration to those you know well, because you know they're on your team. This is not the only time that either Moses or God has been frustrated with the Israelites. It's actually a recurring theme. And the two of them, Moses and uh, God, sound like two parents venting about their children. It's a rhetorical question for God that he asks how long, because he knows the answer. He's simply venting to his buddy, Moses. All right, the location in the Bible. Numbers is the fourth Of the five books of the Torah or Pentateuch, also called the book of law, Numbers is also the fourth book of the Bible. All five books in the Torah, Genesis, Exodus,
1: Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy were written by Moses and form the foundation for the Bible. And if you're curious about the breakdown of all the books in the Bible, we have two charts that we're going to put in the show notes a chart of the Hebrew breakdown of the Old Testament books and a chart of the Bible's breakdown of the Old Testament books into five sections. Yeah, so you can compare them.
0: Um, And we've had them in the past in other seasons, so they're kind of fun to look at.
1: Now, the structure
0: of numbers, um, it can be divided many different ways. There are several interesting ways to create an outline for this book, because like I said, it's got a lot of content. The simplest is to divide the book into two. The first division is chapter 1 through 25, the story of the rebellious generation of people that die in the wilderness. The second division is chapters 26 through 36, the story of the obedient generation of people that get to live in the promised land. And you will understand that more as we go on. Another pattern in the book is is that the content flips back and forth between narrative and laws. And um, Mary Douglas, a favorite of ours from Leviticus, actually uses this outline in kind of a round pattern, where it goes round and round It kind of repeats on each side. It's fascinating. She's got quite the literary mind. Contrary to Leviticus, numbers has a lot more narrative And less laws. Praise the Lord. That's a good
1: thing (laughs) for those of you who like stories. Yes.
0: The laws prescribe how Israel is to travel to the promised land and what to do when they arrive there. And the narrative describes the Israelites' attitude, and they have a lot of attitude, and actions on the way there. To the promised land.
1: Yeah, I will say I'm one of those people that likes a good story, but I actually really enjoyed Leviticus I much more it. than I thought I would. And I, I learned a lot from it about my heart and purity, and it yeah. just really made a difference in my I life. I learned a ton. I really enjoyed it.
0: I was a f- deathly afraid of it, though, but no more. Okay, the timing of Numbers, the books. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy follow a 40-year timeline from 1446 B.C. to 1406 B.C., Exodus was the first five or six months of the 40 years. Leviticus was another five or six months. Numbers will be a little over 38 years. And we will finish Moses's journey with Deuteronomy for the last seven months of the 40 years. The bulk of the 40 years will happen in this book, Numbers.
1: And we also have a helpful visual timeline of that that compares the dates to the books of the Bible to the Israelites locations throughout Moses. Moses's journey from Egypt to the promised land all in the show notes. Go check it out because if you're visual like me, we need those things. Yeah, we
0: have a great graphic designer who does a really good job. Okay, what can we as New Testament believers learn from Numbers? In the New Testament, Paul gave a summary of the book of Numbers as a warning to us about Israel's wilderness wandering in 1 Corinthians
1: 10. Yeah, and the great thing about this is if you didn't know that this was the book of Numbers that he was summarizing here, you wouldn't even know. But wait till we finish this book because everything that happens in the entire book is right here. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock they were killed, Snakes And do not grumble as some of them did, and they were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can Endure it. So, if some of that
0: sounded weird to you, like being killed with snakes and spiritual drinks and rocks and all kinds of things, it won't sound odd after you finish this book. Paul just summarized the first 40 years of God's covenant relationship with Israel. Paul lays out the ways God revealed himself to Israel. And the ways Israel rebelled against God. Israel was tempted and failed in the book of Numbers. We too will be tempted. But Paul tells us we can be different in our relationship with God. We can be faithful. God will provide a way for us to endure. This is the lesson for us in Numbers. How can we do things differently? Okay, Numbers is the story of the relationship between the Israelites and God. And very much resembles a courtship, wedding, and marriage. So track with me on this because I'm going to come back to it at the end. In Genesis and Exodus, God chooses and pursues the Israelites in love and explains his intent to dwell among them only. Very much like a bridegroom pursues his intended. Now, in Leviticus, God lays out the plans for how they will live together. Okay, we're going to get married. This is how we're going to live together. This, in Numbers is where the wedding ends and the marriage begins. This is where the Israelites' relationship with God will be tested. As we begin Numbers, we open in the honeymoon phase. Everyone is excited and ready to take a trip to their new life in the promised land. And Israel is getting organized and packed for the journey. To do that, they take their first census of this book. Remember, we had a census in Exodus. This is the first census in this book. This is the census of the tribes. The purpose of this census was to get a count of men who, Who could serve in the army? War was looming for Israel. You cannot march into the land of other countries with over 2 million people without being seen as a threat. There would be a battle over the land." And the distance to the border of the promised land should only take eleven days, so <laughs> they had to get. Almost, I know
1: thirty nine. So they had to get
0: ready now. They're very urgently taking the census because they got to know who do we have to fight. Thinking we could be there like in a few weeks. <laughs> um, that didn't happen. The census
1: of the men was counted by tribe. Verse one. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the second month of the second year after the. Israelites came out of Egypt. He said, Take a census of the whole Israelite community by their clans and families, listing every man by name, one by one. You and Aaron are to count according to their divisions all the men in Israel who are 20 years old or more and able to serve in the army. One man from each tribe, each of them the head of his family is to help you. These are the names of the men who are to assist you." From Reuben, Elazer, son of Shadur. From Simeon, Shalumiel, son of Jerisadai. From Judah, Nashon, son of Aminadab, From Issachar, Nathaniel, son of Zuar. From Zebulun, Eliab, son of Helon, From the sons of Joseph. From Ephraim, Elishema, son of Emahud. From Manasseh, Gamaliel, son of Padashur. From Benjamin, Abaddon, son of Gideonai. From Dan, Ahazer, son of Amishadai. From Asher, Pajiel, son of Okron. From Gad, Eliasaph, son of Duel. From Naphtali, Ahira, son of Enon. These were the men appointed from the community, the leaders of their ancestral tribes. They were the heads of the clans of Israel. All right, Heather just read the 12
0: tribes, which are the sons of Jacob, minus Joseph and Levi, plus Ephraim and Manasseh. Now, let me explain that, because if you didn't go through Genesis, you wouldn't know. The reasons are made clear in two extraordinary stories in Genesis— Listen to season one of the Bible Book Club for those details. Genesis, like I said before, is the foundation for everything in the Old Testament. All right. So Joseph has been replaced by both of his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. This was a double portion of land blessing that Jacob bestowed on Joseph in Genesis 48 because Joseph had saved them from the famine. Therefore, each of his sons was elevated to a tribe status, even though they're really Jacob's grandsons, not sons. Now, in Genesis 34, Levi and Simeon made an impulsive decision to avenge their sister Dinah by going on a killing spree. In Genesis 49, on his deathbed, Jacob hands out the blessings and curses to his 12 sons. It's a great chapter. The curse for Levi and Simeon— is that when the promised land is distributed, their tribes will be scattered throughout because when the two of them get together, they become violent in Jacob's opinion. Now, the tribe of Levi's curse actually becomes a blessing in Exodus season two of Bible Book Club. When Moses came upon the golden calf incident after being up on the mountain and asked the Israelites who was with him, it was the Levites who Rallied, putting their swords to good use this time, because remember, last time they didn't put their swords to good use. Because of the Levites' faithfulness to God, They would be scattered as a tribe as the curse came from Jacob, but as a blessing to other tribes in service to God as priests throughout the land. So it's so cool that God turned this curse into a blessing because Levite changed their ways. Now, you can check out the patriarchal lineage and the order of the 12 sons of Jacob and their four different mothers, which is a whole other crazy story
1: in a chart we have in the show notes just to
0: keep them all straight.
1: I just wanna stick on one thing you just said. Mm -hmm. God changed the curse to a blessing because Levites changed their ways. Yep, And that's a really good illustration for you in your life today. You are not too far gone, no matter how far you've strayed, no matter what you've done, no matter the past you've had, you're never too far gone. You can change your ways and God can still bless your life. Why not do it today? God makes all things good according to his purpose. He can do anything. Okay, carry on. Verse 17, Moses and Aaron took these men whose names have been specified and they called the whole community together on the first day of the second month. The people registered their ancestry by their clans and families and the men 20 years old or more were listed by name. One by one, as the Lord commanded Moses. So he counted them in the desert of Sinai. From the descendants of Reuben, the firstborn son of Israel, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name, one by one, according to their records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Reuben was 46,500. From the descendants of Simeon, All the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were counted and listed by name, one by one, according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Simeon was 59,300. From the descendants of Gad, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Gad was 45,650. From the descendants of Judah, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Judah was 74,600. From the descendants of Issachar. All the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Ishkar was 54,400 from the descendants of Zebulun. All the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Zebulun was 57,400. From the sons of Joseph, from the descendants of Ephraim, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Ephraim was 40,500. From the descendants of Manasseh, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Manasseh was 32,200. From the descendants of Benjamin, all the men, 20 years old or more, who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Benjamin was 35,400. From the descendants of Dan, all the men, 20 years old or more, who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Dan was 62,700. From the descendants of Asher, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Asher was 41,500. From the descendants of Naphtali, all the men 20 years old or more who were able to serve in the army were listed by name according to the records of their clans and families. The number from the tribe of Naphtali was 53,400. These were the men counted by Moses and Aaron and the 12 leaders of Israel, each one representing his family. All the Israelites 20 years old or more who were able to serve in Israel's army were counted according to their families. The total number was 603,550. This is the exact
0: number of men from the census taken in Exodus 38. No one has died yet, but spoiler alert, all of these fighting men had the opportunity to see the promised land because the Israelites only wandered for 38 years they could have lived. However, disobedience leads to death and only two of the 603,550 men secure the blessing of stepping into the promised land. And if you're thinking it was Moses and Aaron, think again. It was not. They do not
1: make it. Verse 47. The ancestral tribe of the Levites, however, was not counted along with the others. The Lord had said to Moses, you must not count the tribe of Levi or include them in the census of the other Israelites. "'Instead, appoint the Levites to be in charge "'of the tabernacle of the covenant law "'over all its furnishings and everything belonging to it. "'They are to carry the tabernacle "'and all its furnishings. "'They are to take care of it and encamp around it. "'Whenever the tabernacle is to move, "'the Levites are to take it down. "'And whenever the tabernacle is to be set up, "'the Levites shall do it.' Anyone else who approaches it is to be put to death. The Israelites are to set up their tents by divisions, each of them in their own camp under their standard. The Levites, however, are to set up their tents around the tabernacle of the covenant law so that my wrath will not fall on the Israelite community. The Levites are to be responsible for the care of the tabernacle of the covenant law. The Israelites did it all just as the Lord commanded Moses. The Israelites aren't in the census, they're gonna be in next episode, because they're not
0: part of the army. Their role was to transport, erect, and protect the tabernacle. Okay, let's move on to the tribes are then going to be placed protectively around the tabernacle. So now that we have a census, God is gonna position them all. Now here's the arrangement of the tribes, and I love the symmetry of God. He is the master who Creates order out of chaos starting in Genesis 1, whether it's the universe or a nation. If you too are amazed by what God can do with chaos, you will love the image we have in the show notes. It is a beautifully detailed drawing of the Israelites camped around the tabernacle penned by a Dutch illustrator and engraver named Han Luken in 1705. We have added a key to help you follow along with the placement of the tribes, but I love it because it's so detailed and there's so many tiny tents, it kind of gives you a picture of, wow, this, this was a lot. Like, it was a, a lot. And any other diagram I've seen in any other commentary just does not do it justice. Now, to summarize the layout of the camp, the tabernacle is going to be in the middle. God desires the same today. He wants to be in the middle of our lives. The tabernacle is going to be surrounded on all four sides by the Levites. Details to come in the next episode. The book of Joshua states that then there is a space of 2,000 cubits between the Levites and the tribes, which makes sense. After all we read from Leviticus about making sure the tabernacle was protected from impurity, then the tribes are the outer sides of the square. Four groups of three tribes placed on each side of the square, protecting the Levites and then also protecting the tabernacle in the middle of the Levites. Each of the four groups of three tribes has a leader tribe. The leader tribes are Judah, Reuben, Ephraim, and Dan.
1: Kind of seems like God knew what he was doing. Oh my gosh, he's so (laughs) organized. I love it. Chapter two, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, the Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting some distance from it each of them under their standard and holding the banners of their family. On the east, toward the sunrise, the divisions of the camp of Judah are to encamp under their standard. The leader of the people of Judah is Nashon, son of Aminadab. His division numbers 74,600. The tribe of Ishkar will camp next to them. The leader of the people of Ishkar is Nathanael, son of Zwar. His division numbers 54,400. The tribe of Zebulun will be next. The leader of the people of Zebulun is Eliab, son of Halon. His division numbers 57,400. All the men assigned to the camp of Judah, according to their divisions, number 186,400 they will set out first. So this is the first group of three and the description lists
0: the groups in clockwise rotation beginning in the east. So this group is in the east. We're gonna go on to the other three groups in a minute. The east was the direction of the sunrise and the standard starting point for Israelite direction, east, south, west, and north. We kind of started in the north. They started with the east. The first tribe listed was Judah. And we should not be surprised about this. Judah is the fourth brother of the 12 sons of Jacob, and he has a unique story, which is told in Genesis. He is the fourth son of Leah, the wife that Jacob did not love. Leah named him Judah, which means I will praise the Lord, because with her first three boys, her hope was to gain her husband Jacob's attention, but he only had eyes for her sister Rachel. Well, finally, with the birth of this fourth son, Judah, she realized that God was the desire of her heart, and she praised him instead. You've got to listen to season one. Judah is a great guy. However, he makes some mistakes, a couple of really big ones, but turns his heart back to God and demonstrates that. That he is a man of faith. At the end of Jacob's life, it is Judah who receives the promise blessing of a future forever king in his lineage. The Messiah, the promised seed will come from this tribe. Jacob prophesied this in Genesis 49, when he blessed his son Judah saying, the scepter will not part from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nations shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt To the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. I am very tempted to complete the story of each of these tribes. And what will become of them as prophesied by Jacob? But that might take a whole episode.
1: Binge season one for all the stories and prophecies of the tribes of Jacob. Verse 10. On the south will be the divisions of the camp of Reuben. Under their standard, the leader of the people of Reuben is Elizur, son of Shadur. His division numbers 46,500. The tribe of Simeon will camp next to them. The leader of the people of Simeon is Shalemiel, son of Jerishadai. His division numbers 59,300. The tribe of Gad will be next. The leader of the people of Gad is Elieasaph, son of Duel. His division numbers 45,650. All the men assigned to the camp of Reuben, according to their divisions, number 151,450. They will set out second. Then the tent of meeting in the camp of Levites will set out in the middle of the camps. They will set out in the same order as they encamp, each in their own place, under their standard. On the west will be the divisions of the camp of Ephraim, under their standard. The leader of the people of Ephraim is Elishama son of Amahud. His division numbers 40,500. The tribe of Manasseh will be next to them. The leader of the people of Manasseh is Gamaliel, son of Pedeshur. His division numbers 32,200. The tribe of Benjamin will be next. The leader of the people of Benjamin is Abidan, son of Gideonai. His division numbers 35,400. All the men assigned to the camp of Ephraim according to their divisions number 108,100. They will set out third. On the north will be the divisions of the camp of Dan, under their standard. The leader of the people of Dan is Ahazir son of Amishadai. His division numbers 62,700. The tribe of Asher will camp next to them. The leader of the people of Asher is Pagiel, son of Okron. His division numbers 41,500. The tribe of Naphtali will be next. The leader of the people of Naphtali is Ahira, son of Inan. His division numbers 53,400. All the men assigned to the camp of Dan number 157,600. They will set out last under their standards. These are the Israelites, counted according to their families, all the men in camps, by their divisions number 603,550. The Levites, however, were not counted, along with the other Israelites, as the Lord commanded Moses. So, the Israelites did everything the Lord commanded Moses. That is the way they encamped under their standards and that is the way they set out, each of them with their clan and family.
0: Okay, so we got a taste there, too, of how, like I said, we are already have a diagram of the camp when they're set up. We got a taste also of how the camp is going to proceed when they pick everything up and leave. And you're going to have Judah goes first and from the east, um, the camp of Reuben goes second on the from the south. Then the Levites will go with all the tabernacle packed up. We're going to cover that more in the next episode. Then the camp of Ephraim will go from the west. And then uh, from the north, the camp of Dan. So they kind of all have a lot of order. Now we know from the last season in Leviticus that God loves the number seven. But 12 is a favorite too. The 12 sons of Jacob became the 12 tribes, which then surround the tabernacle, three on each side. And in Revelations 21, John sees the new Jerusalem, the bride of the Lamb, and describes it like this. Clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now continuing a little further on, I'm gonna skip a few verses. It says here, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The bride of the Lamb. This is another marriage, like I said in the beginning, another covenant, the new covenant of the New Testament. And it is our promised land where we will be ushered in through the gates of the 12 tribes of Israel, and we will stand on the foundation of the 12 apostles of the New Testament, and there will be no temple because we will dwell with God in person, and the light from the glory of God will eliminate all darkness, and we will never be cast out as Adam and Eve were, and nothing impure will ever touch us as in Leviticus, because disease and death will be ancient history
1: what's a club without friends if you're enjoying the bible book club why don't you share it and then you can say welcome welcome to to the the club. club